Well, hello and welcome to this outdoor English lesson where you get to ask me a few questions. Uh, actually, just one question, um, and I try my best to answer it. Just give me one moment here as we get started. We'll go to no display mode because I want to make sure things are working properly. I did my normal audio check, but then my computer did something funny. Do you think I need a new computer? It keeps doing funny things when I'm trying to do live streams. Anyways, welcome to this English question and answer session. I hope that you have a bit of time to sit and enjoy the uh, great outdoors. I hope you have some time to enjoy uh, a view of the river every once in a while. Uh, I hope you have time to uh, ask at least one question and I will try my best to answer it. I see a whole bunch of people saying hi in the chat. So good to see everybody. Uh, let's see here. Hi to Joel and Crystal and Marat and Fatima and Sun Moon and Mark and Dutuna and Stephen and Irfan and Andre and Winnie, Dragon S, Alina, Janine, Freddie Wolf, so many people here as well as lots of regulars, lots of members. I know Rod, the English teacher is here. Uh, by the way, Rod has a video coming out, I think in an hour, where he has an interview with Christian from Kangaroo English. You should watch that. I think that'll be pretty cool. Not sure if you can hear the airplane flying overhead, but uh, it's definitely there. Uh, give me one second and I will put the link in the chat and I will put the link below and you can start asking me questions. I'm sure the questions will start coming in fast and furious now that the link is available. Um, what did I want to say? Um, well, as I'm waiting for the first question to show up, there it is. The first question has arrived, so I can just answer it and I don't have to talk anymore. Here's the first question from Irina. Hi, Teacher Bob. Please pronounce Precy, buoyant, 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 scavenge, ersatz, and mien. So, first of all, uh, buoyant and scavenge are very common English words. The other ones are not common at all. So if you're looking to improve your word usage, uh, when you throw something in the water that floats, it's buoyant. Uh, and when you're looking for something, you can say that you are scavenging for it. Oh yeah, the questions are rolling in fast and furious now. Small Cat says, hi Bob, what's the difference between subtitle and caption? Thanks a lot. So I think long ago there was some difference between the two, but now English speakers tend to use these interchangeably. It refers to words that show up on the screen when you're watching a show. I usually use the word subtitles, um, but you could also call them captions. Um, I think subtitles is a little more common now. I think on YouTube, the term subtitle is used a lot more. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Ruslan. Hello, Bob. Thank you for the incredible lessons. The outdoor ones are especially cool. You have such a nice landscape around you. Have a wonderful weekend, sir. Well, thanks, Ruslan. We should take a little bit of a look here. I put the chair and the chair and the bench out so you can imagine you're sitting there. Uh, when we go to the river cam view, you can see that the colors are starting to get a little bit brown and yellow. You can see that fall is starting here. The grass is not the same dark green that it normally is. I mean, the colors are off a little bit, but it's definitely uh, becoming more and more fall-like out here. So thanks, Ruslan, for that comment. I'm happy to share the landscape with all of you. Um, from Kurdish, hi, Bob. 
why lots of British and Americans make fun about Canadians when they pronounce about. And what is the difference between under and below? Thank you. Well, I think we say about with just a little bit of a lilt. I think we would call it about instead of about, about. I can't even say it the American way or about, about would be the British way. I can't say it. Um, I can only say about. Um, And what's the difference between under and below? Well, they can be the same. Like my feet are under the table right now. My feet are below the table. The opposite of being above. Um, But there's probably situations where they are different. Let me try to think of one. Um, The cat just went under the van. I have my van parked here to block the wind. The cat is under the van. The cat is below the van. Yeah, I'd have to do a little bit of research, Curtis, to see exactly what the differences are. Stuve Lude, what is your real name? My real name is Bob the Canadian. That's my real name. It's on my driver's license and my birth certificate. Uh, It's not actually, but I don't usually give away too much personal information because this is the internet, right? So, Mike, hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? To seethe, to sprawl, to blot something out. Thanks. So when you seethe, let's get the official definition of that. It's like you're, um, you're like angry. Um, Let's see here. Like you're seething with anger. Um, Can't type today. Here we go. Meaning of to seeth. Uh, bubble up as a result of being boiled. And then it goes down with a person inwardly angry. Okay. To be filled with intense and unexpressed anger. So you could say that person was seething. Uh, and then sprawl. Like um, when I lay on the couch, I can sprawl on the couch. It means to lay out with your arms all over the place. And we also say this like a city can sprawl. Um, as it spreads out into the neighboring uh, countryside. Uh, Next question from Andre Padron. Let's get this one on the screen. Hello, Mr. Bob. Please use the following words in sentences. Worth, worthy, worth it. Thanks. So this phone is worth a couple hundred dollars. Can you see it? Oh, I was holding it over here. This phone is worth a couple hundred dollars. It's about three years old. When I bought it, I think it was $600. Now it's worth a couple hundred dollars. When I make really good lessons, you guys think the lessons are worthy. Uh, It's something that means they have value. You know, that person, every person in the world is worthy of respect. They deserve respect. And I hope that you enjoy this lesson and that it's worth it. When you say something is worth it, it means it gave you Uh, It gave you something of value. It was definitely a good decision to spend time doing it if you say something was worth it. Nazir has the next question. uh, And Nazir says, Hi, Teacher Bob. Hope you're doing great. Sadly, I missed your last two lives. I'm too busy these days because I got to bring home the bacon. Thanks for your great efforts. So bring home the bacon is another phrase that means to earn money to support your family or to support yourself. So Nazir has been busy working because uh, Nazir needs to bring home the bacon. Um, Crypto pal, pal, hello, Bob. What do you like the most about your channel? I think what I think is the coolest um, is that I make a video and then people can watch that video any time of day or night. It's not like this live stream where 
Um, you know, you have to be awake right now to watch it. And in some parts of the world, people are sleeping. I like it that my lessons are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I think that's really cool. It's a cool service that YouTube provides. This is from Sanatorium. What do you call the places for everyone who wants, not needs, to improve their health? Correct blood pressure, work on curvature of the spine, calm nervousness, etc. Um, I would say that's either a medical center or a doctor's office or maybe even a hospital. By the way, Sanatorium is referring to yesterday's lesson where we talked about needs. It was a fun lesson. I got to talk about the things that people need in life in order to have a good healthy life. Um, and you can still watch that live stream if you want. Let's get to the next question here. Um, Lemon Cute says, did you have any trouble when starting to create videos? Well, my kids were younger and it was really loud in the house. So I had trouble finding a quiet place to make videos. So I went outside. So the only trouble I really had was finding a quiet place. And then I realized I lived on a big farm. My first video, I actually filmed it. Um, I, let me see here. I got to go to no display. I, I opened up, this isn't working. I opened up the back of my van and I stood underneath the, what we would call the back door or the tailgate, um, because it was raining outside. If you ever go and watch my first video, uh, you'll notice that it's raining behind me, but, uh, yes, that's the only trouble I had. And then slowly I bought better and better equipment. So, uh, that helped out. Um, Next question coming up here is from Robson as you guys take a look at the river. Here we go. Let's get back to the question. Robson, what can I say about my hobbies in English? Well, you could say you like them. You could say I really like playing chess. I really like reading. Um, You could say uh, I started reading 10 years ago or I took up playing chess. That's an interesting English phrasal verb. When you take up something, it means you start doing it. Usually we use this when talking about hobbies, like I took up horseback riding three years ago, or I took up astronomy. That would be a few things that you could say about it. Uh, Let's see here. Judith says, hi, Bob. Can you pronounce? Well, I can't pronounce the first one because I don't know that word, but I can say cozy and cousin and I can give their meanings. When it gets colder out, I wear a sweater and it's really cozy. We also have a spot in our house in the corner of one room. There's a couch with lots of pillows and it's a nice place to sit. It's very cozy. And then I have a lot of cousins. Um, Let me see. How many cousins do I have? I think I have 25 cousins, maybe more. My mom is from a family where she has nine brothers and sisters, eight brothers and sisters. So there I have a lot of cousins. My cousin uh, or a cousin is someone who is the child of your uncle and aunt. Thanks, Judith. Let's look up cousin though. I think that's how you say it. We'll see in a minute. Third person. Oh, I have to listen to it for a sec. Oh, it's pronounced cousin the same way actually. And it means to, to trick or deceive. And by the way, we don't use that word, but Judith always likes to find words. I don't know. And I I do like that. It's fun to be stumped. Do you guys know that English phrasal verb? When you, no, it's not phrasal, it's just a verb. When you stump someone, 
It means you ask a question and they don't know the answer. Then you are stumped. Great, great question, Judith. Um, Athoy says, what's the difference between who go and who goes? The people who go to the store have to bring money. Everyone who goes to the store has to bring money. I don't know exactly, but I just gave two example sentences. Um, The people who go to the store go there to buy groceries. Everyone who goes... See, I switched the subject of the sentence there, eh? The people go and everyone goes. So, who is being used as a connector there, I guess. I would have to research this a bit more, Athoy, to give a better definition. But you have two example sentences now to look at. Uh, Next question is from Renata. Good morning, Bob. No more French questions. I'm bilingual. I hope you're great. What's the difference between furry and fluffy? Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Well, I would say they're very similar. It's an animal with a lot of like soft, nice hair or fur. And you would say a dog is furry, a cat is furry. When they have really long hair or really poofy fur, we might say they're fluffy, okay? So it's even softer and bigger. Sometimes, no, my hair is never fluffy, no. But yeah, I would say fluffy is more furry and softer and really nice fur. I hope that made some sense. Hey, why don't you guys take a look at the river cam for a sec while I do an audio check. Of course, on my... There we go. Uh, Let me get to the next question. Um, Here we go. I'm saying I'm a lot today. Um, Karthik, how can I use the word nuance? So when something has a certain nuance to it, when there's nuance, it means there's like small little characteristics about it. If a piece of music is really nuanced, it means the person who wrote it used the notes in a very creative, subtle way. Um, And it's kind of cool when something has nuance to it. Uh, Michael Campizzi says, oh, is, has joined and become a member. Thank you, Michael, for becoming a member of the channel. Akanksha. Akanksha. You helped me very much in English. Thank you so much for your support. My question is, living in Canada is easy after two years, maybe? Canada is my dream country. I wouldn't say it's easy to live in Canada, but I would say it's a good country to live in. I do find that this is a nice country to live in. I don't have any experience, though, living anywhere else except I lived in the United States for a few years when I went to university, and that seemed like a really nice country, too. Uh, Zeus says, what does it mean mortgage? When you borrow money from the bank, it's called a loan. When you use that money to buy a house, it's called a mortgage. So a mortgage is simply the name for a loan from the bank that you've used to buy a house. So Jen and I bought this farm many, many years ago. We went to the bank and got a mortgage. The bank loaned us money. And as I was saying in the chat uh, to Mode Eggs earlier, Um, My mortgage will be paid off, I think, when I'm 61, 62, somewhere in there. So I got a little ways to go yet. I have to make monthly payments still on my mortgage. So it won't be paid off anytime soon, but that's okay. That's part of life. 
Mel, can you teach my learners online synchronously? They need to speak with native people. You know, I haven't done that at all and I really don't have time to do it. I know there are many people in the world that earn their living by doing Skype and Zoom and those types of lessons. But uh, Mel, I still teach high school every day. I'm not full time, but I still work. I teach two classes a day. So I'm busy about seven hours, six or seven hours a day, still working at my, my job. And so I really have not done that and I don't plan to. So sorry, hopefully you can find someone. Um, let's see here. I'm going to skip the next question. Um, just because of the, the nature of the topic. It's a, it's a good question, but I want to keep these live streams, um, safe to use in schools and those kinds of things. I don't know the age of my learners. Next question from not a yoga teacher and then a little, uh, person doing yoga. Hi there. What do you think when language learners don't want to use idioms? Do you think it's necessary to learn them and use them? Little fix at the end. So here's the thing with idioms. It's a lot like swearing in English. You don't need to learn idioms so you can use them. You don't need to learn swear words so you can use them, but you need to learn idioms and swear words so you can understand them and recognize them. So a lot of times people will say, oh, you don't need to learn idioms to speak English. And there's a little bit of truth to that, but you do need to learn idioms so you can understand them when you read, when you watch the news. I hear idioms all the time when I listen to people speak English. So yes, you do need to learn them so you can recognize them and understand them. Let's see here. Olga, hi Bob. When we use obtain instead of get. Yeah, when do you use obtain instead of get? Obtain is a more like formal way. Like I'm going to obtain a car next year. Like we would probably never say that. It's correct. Um, but we would use get almost all the time. Okay. Um, I wouldn't use obtain very often. It's a very formal, not very, not used very often uh, word at all. I'm trying to think of an example of when we would use it. He's trying to obtain a good grade in this class. We might say that, but honestly, we, we would probably use the verb get. Uh, from let's see here from Pramod from India. Um, hello, Mr. Bob, please explain the difference between later and later on and early and early on. Thanks in advance. So early on in my career, I drank a lot of coffee early in my career. I drank a lot of coffee. So when I started teaching, so early on, I drank a lot of coffee. They are very similar, but it does sound a little better when you use early on. Okay. Later on today, I'm going to go to Niagara Falls with Jen and the kids because there are flower installations to see there. And some of the flowers are from us. Later, I'm going to go to Niagara Falls later on. They're very similar. I think I use the later on and early on versions a lot more often. Um, by the way, if you're new here, uh, please click that red subscribe button over there and become a subscriber to the channel. It's totally free. Oh, you can give a thumbs up too if you want. It's totally free and you will get notified when I put out a new lesson and you can even click like the little bell if you super want to be notified, but that's up to you. Let's have a look at what's going on in the river while I find the next question. From Janine is the next question coming on screen in just a moment. Here we go. 
Janine, which one is correct? As I said, or like I said, thank you for your wonderful lessons. They are both correct. As I said, there are many phrases in English that uh, have equivalents or there's two versions of it. And like I said, I don't know why. So as I said, and like I said, are both, by the way, I just used both phrases. I, I hope you guys were paying attention. Um, they're both phrases that you use to remind someone that you've already said something. Okay. Um, I think I use these a lot when people say, how do I improve my speaking? And I'll say, well, as I've said, or like I've said, or like I said, so I do switch the tense a little bit there, right? As I've said in the past, or as I said yesterday, yeah, they are interchangeable and you can even switch the tense a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Thin or Tin. Hi, Mr. Bob. Can I ask that? Are there any more ways to talk about means of communication such as modes of communication? Thank you. Have a great day. So, I did a lesson on communication a long time ago and there are definitely different methods of communicating, different modes of communicating, different ways of communicating. So, there's a number of different phrases you can use to talk about communicating uh, for sure. Next question is from Salah. This is going to make me feel guilty. Hi, wonderful teacher Bob. Personal question. How to make your mom happy. Best wishes to her. Little switch there at the end and then a few little bouquets. Here's how you make your mom happy. You phone your mom regularly. You visit your mom regularly and you do nice things for your mom. That's how you make your mom happy. I think all that moms want in the world when their children are older like me, they just want you to not forget about them and make sure that you uh, give them some love, that you call them, that you visit them. The pandemic made that extremely difficult. I phoned my mom every week uh, instead of visiting her, but now we have started to visit her again. So, that's how you make your mom happy. So, Rodrigo, how do you realize the difference when have is used as a verb and when it is used as an auxiliary when people speak? So, usually when I'm talking about an object, like I have a phone, I have a bottle of water here. That's how I know that I'm going to use it to show that I possess something. You know, I have my van parked here. I have a van. By the way, I use it two ways there. And then as an auxiliary, I think we don't think about it, you know. Uh, I have to eat every day. I have to have a drink of water. Um, I have to be careful that cats don't jump on the table uh, when I am doing the lesson. So, it's very automatic for a native speaker or for someone who's well-versed in English. Yaroslav, morning teacher Bob. What tongue twisters are popular for children at Canadian schools? Take care. Well, the one that's most popular in Canada is how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And this I wish I had it on the, on the screen. This is a tongue twister. So, a woodchuck is a kind of animal and the verb to chuck means to throw, okay? So, you can chuck a baseball. You can, you know, I could, I could chuck this water bottle if I wanted to. It means to throw. So, the tongue twister, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood is basically asking if this animal could throw wood, how much wood would it be able to throw? That's probably a very North American slash Canadian one for sure. Uh, let's see here. Mickey, Giovanni, hi, Mr. Bob. Could you explain 
to us the difference between start out and start off. Do you mind giving us an example of them? So when I start out on a trip, I usually want to make sure my van has gas in it. When I start off on a trip, I want to make sure my van has gas in it, okay? When you start out learning English, it's important to learn some vocabulary. When you start off learning English, it's important that you learn some vocabulary. I use those interchangeably. There might be a slight difference, Mickey, but I just use them in example sentences there and they're pretty much equivalent. Newly, when should I use though, not the one in the bracket, the, the first one is correct, at the end of a sentence. Um, yeah, if it's when you're kind of correcting what someone said. Like if I said to Jen, I'm just going to go to the grocery store quick and come home. She could say, but weren't you were going to visit your mom though. Yeah, and I would add right at the end too. It's important though. It's kind of an emphasis thing, right? A correction or emphasis to someone. Um, I don't often use though at the end of a sentence. Let's look for an example online because my brain isn't working. So example of though at the end of a sentence. Yes. Yeah, here it's used to emphasize. I studied English a lot and I can understand. Oh, let's see here. Yeah, it means nevertheless or however. Yeah, so here's the example. I still find English hard to understand. I can understand more than last year though. So there's a good example of how to use it newly. Hopefully that helps you understand it a bit more. From Irfan. Hi teacher Bob, when using neither nor structure, how many things can be mentioned? Only two or more? Example, the weather is neither cold nor hot, neither wet nor humid. We would switch that last either. So the weather is neither warm nor cold. I would probably start with neither again if there were two more. The weather is neither warm nor cold nor rainy. So you can use it more than once. Yeah. The tree has neither fruit nor vegetable nor leaves. Trees never have vegetables on them, by the way, but I'm trying to think of an example here. Yeah, you can use it more often. I would say if there's four things, I would say something like the weather's neither warm nor cold, neither hot nor rainy. But if there were three things, you could use nor again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's see, where am I at here? Angela, is there any difference between American accents and British accents? How do you speak the British language? So, first of all, British people and American people and Canadian people and Australian people, when we uh, meet and speak, we can understand each other no problem. We are used to hearing other accents in English. Um, The British accent and American accent has quite a bit of difference. Um, And the way to learn the British accent is to practice speaking English with a native uh, British speaker or someone who is also, who has also learned that accent from a native speaker. So there you go. Um, And I can't do a British accent. It's too difficult. Uh, Pink Dream says... I have an ice cube in my mouth now. Sorry. It has to melt. Let's take a look at the river while the ice cube melts in my mouth. (laughs) So you can see behind me that it's less windy now than it was. Sorry, I've never had an ice cube pop out before. It's very, very cold. And it makes me sound funny. 
it's almost melted there we go we can say the red beautiful carpet or the beautiful red carpet and why thanks sir so you can use both i would probably use the second and there is there, there is a rule for this, but I don't know it exactly. So first of all, both are correct, okay? The fast blue van, the blue fast van. But when we say fast blue van, it sounds better. I think colors are usually more common uh, directly in front of the noun. And there is a specific order that you're supposed to use, but you don't have to. If you said, oh, I want to buy the red beautiful carpet that's in the window of this shop, everyone would understand you. They would have no trouble understanding you. Nick, what does this word mean? Indulge. So when you indulge, you do something because you like doing it or you eat something because it tastes really, really good. Sometimes I have a big bowl of, in, of ice cream and so I indulge a little bit. That means that a small bowl would have been better or no ice cream would have been better, but I just indulge in it. Uh, Freddie Wolf, thank you so much for becoming a member. That is awesome of you. And in fact, let's go to Rivercam while I get something set up. Just a minute, I got to click my camera here too. There we go. Got to fix that little problem where the screen turns off. What was I doing? I was going to turn on members only chat. That's what I was going to do. As I'm doing that, I want to say thank you to the 536 people who are watching. Very cool. Thank you so much for being here. And I do want to, of course, thank my members. My members are awesome people. They help me to uh, make sure this channel keeps running smoothly. They get to have their name in green during the chat of live streams. Uh, they get to have a little crown by their name and they get an extra video on Wednesdays, which sometimes is great. And sometimes it's just Bob rambling about something. But anyways, we are going to move to members only chat right now. I will answer questions directly from the chat from members. Uh, so if you're not a member and you're curious about it, there is a join button below where it will explain it to you uh, and stick around because we'll go back to normal chat mode in about 10 minutes. Uh, I do want to mention that Rod, the English teacher, does have a video coming out at, I think, 12.05 Eastern Standard Time in less than an hour where he interviews Christian Saunders from Kangaroo English. By the way, Christian is very cool. He puts out very thoughtful, interesting, and deep English lessons sometimes. I really like watching his videos. But anyways, Rod, the English teacher, is in the chat. Go to his channel in about 35-40 minutes and it will premiere there. Um, let me just see if there are any questions coming in. If not, I will continue with questions from the form. Tina says, hello, Bob. When reading, I sometimes come across something like he looked out the window instead of he looked out of the window. Why is it so? Because English speakers are crazy and weird and sometimes we put words in and sometimes we leave them out and there's no real explanation, okay? He looked out the window and saw a dog. He looked out of the window and saw a dog. Both are completely correct and both are very, very common, okay? Um, let's see here. Let's go to River Cam while I answer these questions. Um... Mr. Bob, I'm not a fan of ice cubes as well. I like it that they make my um, drink cold, but I don't like it when I accidentally have one. Mode eggs. Where is Brent? I was ready to go on trial today for the spread of misinformation and misleading a polite manner. I'm 
truly sorry, Brent. I think Brent is quite busy on the weekends now. I know um, one of his kids plays hockey. So when you have a child that plays hockey, you need to travel a lot. Um, and as well, uh, he's just a busy guy like me. So he probably has a lot to do. He did do a live stream earlier today though. So um, maybe you missed that. Betty Lou, hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. Could you pick up three idioms that you like the most and make a sentence about one of them? I appreciate your work. I just like hold your horses. Hold your horses is one of my favorite idioms because no one has horses anymore. It simply means to wait. Um, and I say it a lot. Hey, hold your horses. Sometimes my students want to leave before the bell rings and I say, hey, hold your horses. We need to wait. Uh, Maria C. Hello, Bob. How are you doing? My question is, I lost my spot here. When you're in a video call, is it okay to say that you're going to enter the room in Zoom, for example, or is there any other expression? In Zoom, we call it, yeah, I would say, we. I call it a room. Um, someone enters the room, leaves the room. We would say Zoom call as well, you know, or the Zoom session, like, but we've started to use Zoom in particular. Um, you know, I'm going to, my class is on Zoom. I have a class on Zoom. We call it a class because I'm a teacher. So maybe I'm not the best person to answer that. Uh, let's see here. Sita says, hello, Mr. Bob. Today, I just want to thank you for your great work. Because of you, I met Rod and he is helping me to improve my English since then. That is cool, Sita. I'm glad that you met Rod. He is an awesome guy. Maria C., great guest today is on Rod's channel. Yes, head over there in a bit. Uh, Phalanx has joined and become a member. Thank you so much, Phalanx, for joining. Uh, Rod says, thanks for the plug, for the plugging, Mr. Bob. You're so kind as always. I try to be as kind as I can be. Um, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but Rod and I chatted on email yesterday about a surprise. I'm not saying anything else. I'm not saying anything else. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mickey says, hey, Mr. Bob, what type of song do you usually like to listen to? Is there any suggestion? Right now, I've been listening to uh, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo, which is not my kind of music at all. It's a very angry song by a teenager. Um, so try that one. It's an interesting song. Um, let's see here. But normally what I do um, to answer that more truthfully is I listen to a lot of music from the 70s right now, rock and roll on from YouTube. Uh, Shao says, hello, Bob. Does any sushi business in your town? Not in my town. You generally have to go to a larger city to get sushi, but at our grocery store, you can buy sushi. It's very cool. Betty Lou, hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. Could you name three bring phrasal verbs and make sentences from two of them? Thank you for all that. Stay hydrated. Um, let's see here. Why don't we do the phrasal verb, bring it on. When someone challenges you to something, you might say to them, bring it on, okay? So if someone says, uh, I think I can beat you in badminton, I might respond and say, bring it on. And basically what I'm saying is, let's play and let's see if you can beat me because I don't think you can. Bring it on. Mode eggs. Hey, Mr. Bob, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no difference between bend down and bend over, right? And the phrasal verb save up is only used with money. No, you can save up time at work as well. Like, if you get a day off every month, sometimes you can save up your days off. So it's definitely used the same way as how we talk about money. And 99% of the time it's used for money, but you can save up other things as well. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, and then bend down and bend over. If you're talking about a person 
Yes, I'm going to bend down and pick up this money. I'm going to bend over and pick up this money. Yeah, yeah, but bend over is almost always bending at the waist, whereas bend down can be like to the side. There's a slight difference there, actually. Let's see, Lolly, he looked out of the window and he looked through the window. Same meaning, merci, Bob. It depends. When you say he looked out of the window, yeah. See, the window can be open or closed then. So you can have the window open and you can still look out of the window. It can be closed and you look out of the window. But when you say he looked through the window, it's definitely closed. So uh, let's see here. Zeev has become a member. Hi, Zeev. Thank you so much for joining the channel. Let's see here. Mode Eggs. Did you show him the thing? <laughs> Maria C. Uh, says to Modex, you're right. It would be interesting if Bob or Brent did a lesson about all the vocabulary and expressions we use when we are online. That would be a good lesson. One of us should do that. Or maybe together. Sita, Maria C. Hello. It's wonderful to be here with all my friends and Mr. Bob. We learn a lot together. Awesome. Freddie Wolf. Hi, Bob. I have no question. Pas de question aujourd'hui. Okay. Uh, right now, but I'll try a little poetry. We dreamed of a great teacher. We did better. We met Bob. Let no one wake us up. Thank you very much. Uh, Betty Liu. Hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. Do you listen to classical music? I used to listen to that when I was small. Sometimes when I'm driving at night by myself, I will listen to classical music. I do like it. I just don't often listen to it. I should do that more. Cool that you did that when you were small, Betty. Uh, Maria C. Um, Mode eggs, like when you enter or join a chat room, When your image freezes, I sometimes struggle with deciding which word or expression I should use to refer to those things. Yeah, I would probably say I'm having trouble connecting. I wouldn't specify that you're having trouble connecting to the room or the chat or the Zoom call. I would just say I'm having trouble connecting or my video isn't working properly. Uh, Tin says, hi, Mr. Bob. Could I ask when can we use be able to instead of can and could? Thank you so much. I am able to drink water during the live stream. Um, I can drink water. I could drink water. So could is a little bit like it may or may not happen, but can and be able to are very similar for sure. Uh, Modeg, sorry, Mr. Bob, another, correct me if I'm wrong. It's electric cars are economical, not electrical and economic. Yes. Electric cars are economical. And I'm trying to just think here, electrical. Yeah, we're starting to call them electric cars. Yeah, I think electric cars is probably the most common still. Um, We're using the word E sometimes now for electric, right? So e-bike, those kinds of things are becoming, we don't say e-car yet though, but we do say e-bike. Merci, Bob. Mickey says, Mr. Bob, I was talking to my friend yesterday and he said that there's a difference between the toilet is plugged and the toilet is clogged, but I couldn't understand the difference of those. So generally we would say when a toilet doesn't flush, we say the toilet is plugged. And when the water doesn't go down the drain in a sink, we would say the sink is clogged. But people do switch these a lot. People will say, oh, the toilet's clogged or the sink is plugged. But generally, the most correct way would say the toilet is plugged and the sink is clogged. So, but they mean kind of the same thing. It means the water won't go down. (laughs) Uh, Norma, hello, Bob. Oh, hi, Norma. I always have a doubt. Is it correct to say physicist? 
a person licensed in that science. Thank you. Yes, physicist. That is physicist. It's really hard to say. If you study physics and you get your degree, you become a physicist. Uh, that is hard. Physicist. I'll try to say it slowly. Um, Betty. Hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. When you speak French, do you find yourself have another personality? I do when I speak English, which is kind of cool. Un petit peu. Mais je suis moi. A little bit, but I'm, I'm still me. Um, not totally different, but I think part of it is I listen to different music in French and I watch different things. So maybe that changes my personality a bit. Mode says to Maria, you know, I just learned the phrasal verb lock up can be used when your computer freezes. Crazy, right? Yes, your computer can lock up. And then that actually happened during the live stream yesterday. My computer locked up. That was not very fun. Hey, all the people who are wondering what's going on, we have just finished members only chat, which is something that you get to do when you are a member on this channel. So thank you so much to all of you who are members. I see that Phalanx still has a question. Hi, Bob. Did you ever get to the test like international English tests? I have never done one of those tests. And I know you might be referring to, in the past, I've said I was going to order a test kit and kind of look at it. I haven't done that either. I should do that soon. That would be fun. Um, anyways, thank you to all of you who are members. If you're curious about what membership is, you can click the join button and there's a little video that explains it. But essentially, you get your name in green during live lessons. You get a crown. Uh, you get to make a special comment in the chat once a month. That's nice and green. Uh, and you get an extra video on Wednesdays. Oh, and you get a transcript for every Tuesday video. Okay. That's something else that happens. Let's see here. Ahmed. Hi, Mr. Bob. What is the difference between I've got and I've gotten? Thanks. Have a nice day. So I've... I've gotten used to eating healthy. I got used to eating healthy. So one, like when I say I got used to eating healthy, it's something that happened in the past and it's over. Actually, it might still be happening. I've gotten used to eating healthy is definitely still happening though. Let me, we're going to have to, we're going to have to look this one up for sure. Difference between got and gotten. It's not coming to me. Um, sometimes the, I'm stumped. Remember I taught you that word earlier. Um, people in the United States and Canada use gotten for the past participle of got. People in other English speaking countries use got. Oh, I see. So it's very much North American. I've gotten better at singing. Yeah. Okay. I think I've heard my British cousins use it differently. Hopefully that makes sense. You can use both mode you can skip now that's okay hey mr bob i'm really sorry for this extremely tough question how would you describe this guy named mode eggs thank you so mode eggs whenever i get um captions or subtitles made for my short lessons the person who makes them thinks mode eggs is actually mode eggs like eggs that have a certain mode i guess and it always makes me laugh that's how i would describe he's your alter ego um, when someone does the captioning. Mohammed, I've been studying English for two years and I'm now about to graduate. So what are your advices to me? Or what is your advice to me? I'm afraid of losing the language. 
I think you can maintain a foreign language in about two hours a week. And what you want to do is what I, here's what I do. I have a French conversation once a week for 30 minutes and I watch the news every night for 30 minutes. And I listen to a lot of French music and watch a lot of French YouTubers. That seems to keep my French level at a good level. So for you, I would say try to do the same with English. Uh, once you're done, just make sure you watch the news in English, read the news in English, have at least one English conversation a week. That would be really, really good. Uh, let's see here. Mode says I didn't answer the question though. No, I've slyly avoided the question. <laughs> Let's go back to it for a sec. How would you describe this guy? I don't know. He probably has eggs. He's probably something like that. Yes. Next question from Devi. How to read fast. So one thing that I realized in life is that my older brother reads faster than me. My older brother has read more books than me. So I'm still convinced that the more you read the faster you get at it. I think because my brother has read more books, he's a faster reader. He's a really fast reader. By the way, Jan van Zeeland, uh, well, welcome. I don't know how to say the right, welcome. Thank you for becoming uh, a member of the channel. Uh, welcome aboard. Um, it's good to have another member. Let's see here, Joseph. Joseph from Austria. Hi, Bob. You're looking very relaxed today. It's a beautiful day and I don't have a lot of work to do this afternoon. So yes, I'm very relaxed. Please explain the difference with examples between I guess, I suppose, and I assume. So I guess and I suppose are common ways for English speakers to start a sentence. Um, like I guess, I think when you're making a suggestion and you want to make it politely like, I guess I could do a live stream for two hours. I suppose I could do a live stream for two hours, but I think my voice might get sore. So it's used kind of to introduce a counter idea or an idea. Uh, and then when you assume something, it means you think it's true without enough evidence. Let's see here. Zeev says, Bob, how's the weather where you are? Let's get back to the question. How's the weather where you are? Well, it is beautiful. As you can see behind me, it is a sunny day. It's actually quite warm. For October 2nd, to be outside wearing a short sleeve shirt um, is actually not too, not very normal. Uh, normally, I would have a sweater on. So it is very, very nice out here. Uh, for those of you who are wondering where Brent was from American English with this guy, uh, he's in the chat now. You can ask him. Brent, I, uh, they asked where you were and I said, Brent had let me know that he's very busy with life, that one of his kids plays hockey, that he has a lot going on and he might not always be here. And so now you are. So cool. Welcome. Let's get to the next question. Um, from Eduardo. Hi, Bob. Good morning. When you were a kid, did you ever build an igloo or a treehouse? Have a great day. We definitely built we would call it a fort, a snow fort. It wasn't nice and round like an igloo. But what we would do is when the snow drifts are really, really high, you can dig in the snow drift and hollow it out and build a little fort. And then we would also cut little bricks out of the snow and build a fort. Uh, and we had a tree house for a little bit, but on a windy day, it kind of 
blew down. So that didn't last too long. We generally though, farm kids build forts out of bales of hay. So we often as kids would build forts in the haymount. That's, uh, that's where we would uh, build our forts. Brent says to me, so true, my daughter needed a ride home. That's where I was. Yes, the joys of being a parent. Um, I understand you. I was out late last night picking a kid up from a school trip. The dads drive around a lot. Moms do too, but uh, it's definitely something you do as a parent. So Sadira says, hi, teacher Bob. What is the meaning of the word flamboyant? So we got to get that T in there after the end, flamboyant. Well, it means to like be, let's look it up for a sec to get a good definition. Um, Like it means to wear really bright clothes, to act in a way where people see you very easily. So to describe a person tending to attract attention because of appearance, confidence, behavior, style, clothing, etc. So certainly when you dress a certain way or act a certain way, it attracts attention. Let's see here. Andressa. Hi, Mr. Bob. Is it correct saying somebody is being born right now? Is there another way to say the same thing? Thank you for your lessons. You're the best. Um, it depends how you're saying it. Like if, like if someone I knew was having a baby, I would say they're having a baby. I wouldn't say that a baby is being born right now. I would say, you know, my cousin's at the hospital and, uh, she's having the baby right now. Okay. They went to the hospital. She's having the baby right now. The baby is coming. Sometimes people will say that too. They'll just say, Oh, they're having a baby. Uh, they're at the hospital. The baby is being born right now. Okay. That's another way to say it, but yes, definitely your structure is correct. Somebody is being born right now. Uh, Esteban, what is the difference between launch and release? If you're talking about like a new video game, you could say, well, the launch is next Friday or it's the release is next Friday. It means the same thing in other terms, like a rocket will launch whenever you hold something, you can release it. I just, I'm glad I caught that. I'm not sure it's a bad thing to use as my example, but whenever you let go of something, you release it. But, uh, if you're talking about like a video game or software or a new song or album, they'll use the word release or launch interchangeably. Um, Luca says, could you please make a video about vowels? Thank you so much. A E I O U. And sometimes Y acts like a vowel. I'll try to do that. And all the different pronunciations, right? Like there's like the E is like pronounced as a or E. Yeah, I'll have to think about that, Luca, whether there's a creative way to make a video about that. Um, Next question, Matziar. Hi, Bob. What does it mean when people say it's a doozy? Thanks. By the way, fall has started a month earlier here in Alberta. Yes, Alberta had an interesting summer. You're having an interesting time with the pandemic too. I feel bad for you guys. Um, When you say it's a doozy, it means it was uh, more than what you expected. Um, let's say every, there's a cold going around like a sickness and someone says, Oh, I hope you don't get it. It's a doozy. It means it's a really bad cold. Okay. Let's look this one up too. I'm curious what the internet says, um, about the word doozy, um, something outstanding or unique. Yeah. So it's more than what you expected it to be. 
Uh, next question here from Adrian. How to pronounce the following words and what's the difference between them? Two, two, two and three, tree. So the first one, two, I have two brothers. Okay. This afternoon, I'm going to go to the store. T-O. I think my kid wants to go to T-O-O. So in that case, it means as well. Um, three. What do I have three of? I don't have three of anything, I don't think. There are three bikes over there. You can't see them. There are three bikes and two of them are under the tree. There you go. I think I used all of them correctly. Let's go to River Cam while I do an audio check and and remind people that if they are new here, I'm really little in the corner now. If you're new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button. It's probably like right here. Click that red subscribe button if you want to uh, be notified when I put out a new English lesson. And let me find the next question and get it on the screen. Here we go. M says, hi, Bob. What's the best way to improve my English? Well, I would say this. First, try to figure out which area needs the most improvement. So if when you read, it's fairly easy. And when you listen, it's really easy. But when you write or speak, it's very difficult. Find a way to practice those two. Make sure you still practice all four, but try to get an idea. If you can take an English test, it will tell you which area you are the weakest in and then use that as a guide to figure out what to study more of. But yes, study more for sure. Hi, teacher Bob. I do have B1 level and what should I do to get B2 level? Thanks. So B1 is cool. Um, B2 is a lot harder. You're going to want to be practicing with an English tutor at least once a week for at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour, as well as practicing your reading, your listening, and your writing. What I would say was the most important thing for me because I took my B2 French test is that the listening portion is very difficult. They will play um, like a news story, the audio, and then you have to answer like 12 or 17 questions about it. So practice listening. And when you're done listening to a news story, write down all the facts about it. Try to practice your ability to remember things and certainly practice those conversation skills. Um, because you're going to have to have a very long conversation with two or three people in English when you do that. Um, Huge Penguin says, what do you say when you want to hurry someone up? P.S. I really love your videos. You can say, come on. You can say, let's go. The most common one would be hurry up. Uh, Sean from Free99 English reminded me of another one. You could say, get a move on. Let's get a move on. Let's get going. All of those things are things you could say when you want someone to hurry up. Uh, Let's see here. Natalia, can you explain expressions community service work and forced labor? I am talking about the consequences of a violation of self-isolation when COVID is detected. So community service work. So sometimes people commit a crime, but it's a really small crime. And instead of going to jail, they have to do community service work. They might have to clean up garbage around their town. They might have to help serve food at a homeless shelter. They'll need to do some kind of work that helps their community. Um, And it's pretty common. Um, You get a fine 
or you might get sent to jail or in between those two is something called community service. Uh, and it's a type of forced labor. Forced labor is just a general description for any time someone is made to work without getting paid. Um, and I can see that as a consequence. I think here you get a fine, but I could see community service also being um, something they would do. Let's see here. Hien says, hi, teacher Bob. Can you tell me the differences among these words? Mansion, castle, and palace. Thank you so much. So a mansion, so I live in a house, a normal house. If my house was five times bigger, it would probably probably be called a mansion. Actually, it would probably need to be 10 times bigger. So a mansion is just a really big expensive house where there's just way more rooms than there are people that live there. A castle is an older building. Usually in France or Britain, you can find old castles. Germany has old castles. Um, It's something that a king or queen built to live in. And then a palace is similar, um, but it might even be bigger. Okay. Castle and palace are very close in, uh, I would say they're kind of the same thing in some ways. Um, Maybe a palace is bigger and newer than a castle. Shin, hi, Bob. Is it true? I'm going to add an it there. Is it true that people who are native English speakers can guess or hear each alphabet in the word and can spell it even? They, no, that's not true at all, Shin. If someone says a new word to me that I've never heard before, it does not mean I know how to spell it. Not at all. Um, it might be easy, but usually it wouldn't be. Like, here's, here's a good one. Uh, just the other day, I realized that comorbidities, comorbidities are like if you pass away from COVID, there's comorbidities, other things that made you unhealthy. And I think in French, it's the same comorbidité. Yeah, comorbidities. So if someone used that word, which is a new word, it doesn't mean I know how to spell it. I might be able to figure it out, but it might be quite challenging. Um, I live... I live in a mansion in the sky, Brent. No, what is it? Castle in the sky. I can't think of the song from Les Mis. Ah, it was a bad joke and it just flopped, didn't it? Uh, Let's get to this next question. Guess who I am with a light bulb. Hi, teacher Bob. Could you pronounce bus, boss, less, lass? Plus, can you explain the idiom bear a grudge? Have a chill day. No, I can't guess who you are. It's a mystery to me. But when you are in the city, if there is mass transit, you can go on a bus. Maybe you're at work and your boss says, take the bus to the other side of town because you have to go to a meeting there. And you could say to your boss, can't I just drive my car? I don't want to take the bus. Uh, Less is similar to fewer. And I won't get into the difference between the two, but uh, I wish that I weighed less than I do right now. I really need to start exercising more. And last is another word, an old word for a young girl. Okay. Um, Like there's she's a very beautiful lass. You might hear that if you watch an older show um, or an older movie. Uh, Let's see here. Bruno gets the last question for today. Do you have any tips for improving our memory of recently learned words? A few fixes there, Bruno. Do you have any tips for improving our memory of recently learned words? The biggest tip I can give you is use new words that you learn immediately and often 
in the first few days and hours after you learn them. Um, when you learn a word like, um, uh, I'm just trying to think, I, I want to say cat and dog, you should use them in a sentence. You should say them out loud. You should draw a little picture. You should use those words in the next English conversation you have. So whenever you learn new words, try to use them right away and try to use them for a few days afterwards. It's just very, very, very helpful. Hey folks, we did it. I want to say thank you to the 605 people watching. If you're new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button and thumbs ups, thumbs ups, a thumb up. A thumbs up is always good as well. I never know when to pluralize that. I do want to say thank you to everyone who's watching. Remember in about four minutes, Rod, the English teacher, has an interview on his channel that's premiering with Christian Saunders from Kangaroo English. Uh, two really cool gentlemen having a cool video chat together. Uh, I do want to say thanks to all of you who are here. Thanks to Brent from American English with this guy for jumping in. Thanks to Maria C and Lolly Lolly and Mode Eggs and Maria C, who I just said twice, I think. Uh, I can't quite see my screen. Thanks to Rod and Brent for being here. Um, thanks to Elmer and Paolo. And let me scroll back here. Thanks to Todd and Dave for moderating the chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here every week. Uh, let me scroll back here. I see Alcides is here. Maria C again. Sida is here. Jan Van Zeeland, new member. Good to see you here. Let me scroll back and see a few more. Toshi is here. Mickey is here. Um, I'm going to stop. Norma is here as well as many others. I know Judith's in the chat. Eduardo is here. Ario is here. So good to have all of you here, regulars and members alike. Let's go back to River Cam just for a few moments. Um, do remember that my lesson from yesterday on needs, a short version of this will be out in about 24 hours, maybe less, with better English subtitles and no user uh, questions. So it's kind of a shorter 25-minute version. Um, look for that in a little bit and uh, look for a new video English lesson on Tuesday. It should be good. Anyways, thank you so much for watching. I hope you have a great Saturday. I'm going to say bye now and I will see you next Friday with another live stream. I'm not sure what the topic is yet. I might do for this Friday, I might do fruit, which seems really simple, but then I might teach a phrase for each fruit. Like I'll teach apple and then an apple a day keeps the doctor away and then pear and talk about having a pear shape, but I don't know. We'll see. It's an idea. Let me see if it works out. If not, I have lots of other ideas for lessons. Let me go to full display to say bye. Bye everybody. Have a great day and uh, have a great weekend as you finish it. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash Bob the Canadian.